Hey you, welcome to Tea Talk, a space to share the therapy tea. I'm Shailene, your host, and I hope you'll join me each week as we sit down to share tips, stories, and conversations on getting better emotionally, recovering from trauma, and improving your overall quality of life. I want to remind everyone that even though podcasts can feel therapeutic, they are definitely not a replacement for therapy. Please, at any point, if you feel the need to take a break because the content is too heavy, please do that and take care of yourself. Also, if you're loving this podcast, please do me a favor and leave me a review, share your reflections with me on Instagram and share it with a friend who needs to hear it. All right. So I'm ready. You're ready. And we're friends now. So go ahead and sit down, cozy up and let's get ready for today's episode. Hey everybody. I'm here with my old friend, Andy Friedman. We used to work together at the facility. Some people know about the facility, but we both moved on and now Andy's doing different things. But Andy was the music therapist there, which was very popular. And he's here on the show to talk a little about a little bit about music therapy. So welcome to Tea Talk, Andy. Good to be here, Shailene. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about music therapy, what it is. I still even experiencing it myself with what you had taught us and having clients go to music therapy and all that. I don't know that I could really explain it too well. How would you explain it to somebody who has no idea what music therapy could look like? This is a question I get asked a lot and I feel like my answer changes every time. Fair. So it depends on what the clientele you're seeing, what population is. At our facility, I did music therapy groups and that would look like a lot of different things. Sometimes we would use instruments and Sometimes we would do mostly music listening. So it could take the form of a lyric analysis, just relaxation focused, calming music listening. The, probably the most successful and most popular one was when we would get to play instruments, which would sometimes look like having an improvisation or doing a song recreation. And I think the goal is that since so much of our general communication as human beings is nonverbal. Uh, music therapy kind of takes advantage of that. And we have a chance to do some therapy without feeling the need to verbalize our emotions and feelings. Like we can play them out and find different ways to connect and communicate. Um, so I just thought it was a really nice way for people to get out of their shell and you could see different sides of people come out and it just opens up to this whole like web of interactions happening simultaneously across the room. Um, yeah. So people I would say music is music therapy is uh, it's yeah. It's hard to say. It's <laughs> funny that pitch. you're, you're the music therapist and you're like, it is hard yeah. to say. I'm like, okay, I feel yeah. validated and not being able to describe yeah, it. it. It's tricky. People would say, Oh, you make people feel better with the bongos. and. Really not at all, but, uh, <laughs> but if you want to sum it up that way, fine. <laughs> I remember you doing a group for our program, like a self-care activity for the therapist. And so we had our own music therapy and that's when we realized for anybody, I'm sure some of the listeners know who Lisa Bessler is at TBT of South Jersey. She sang in the group and she sounded like an angel. So we all learned about that happened, singing and stuff like that. The good thing is that we would do when we would do singing, it was mostly group singing. We would have a hello song that was very repetitive, slow, easygoing, and people could join in with that if they wanted to. And I would always make sure that people knew you do not have to sing if you don't want to. 
And eventually it was also, even with instrument playing, you do not have to play the instruments if you don't want to. And I often found that people would participate. And I think it felt good to have the option not to participate. So as far as singing goes, I would say, yeah, pretty frequently you get to see like, sometimes people would come out with these knockout voices and nobody knew that they could sing. And it was just like another big strength that they got to share, which I think is really crucial for people, especially at our facility with seeing some of the acute populations where people felt like there was nothing going on well in their lives and their lives were falling apart. But if they could participate in music and have some positive feedback, work with their strengths, that would do a lot for them. And definitely. Yeah. yeah. I think that it's something that I talk, I talk a lot about it. I feel like here on the podcast and anybody who follows me on social media about just the healing power of music. And when I think about music therapy in a technical sense, I don't really know how to describe it, but I feel like I know how it feels. And just the, you and I have had a lot of conversations previously about going to see concerts and the experience of live music. There's definitely this common humanity piece that comes in where everyone is singing the same kind of songs and coming together for the same reason. So in that regard, I feel like... I know exactly what what music therapy is. Yeah, it's the participate skill, right? It's it's the mindfulness skill. Uh, The thing that people would say most often all the time is, I was so mindful during that. I wasn't thinking about anything else. I was only thinking about playing the drum. I was only thinking about playing my instruments. It's hard to be ruminating and fixating and worrying about stuff that's outside of the room when you're worried too much about whether you're staying on beat. And then- At the same time, people would also realize if I made some mistakes, that's okay because I've never really done this before. So the the mindfulness piece is probably the most crucial element of music therapy group improvisation. That makes sense. Who's a really good candidate for music therapy? Oh, so many. I often found in our work at the facility when we worked in the, the women's program, those were oftentimes like some of the most engaged groups I really think that people who had trauma, mm-hmm. um, there's a perception of people with trauma that they're very sensitive to loud noises and sensory things can make them very vulnerable and reactive. And that's all well and good. And some people certainly would be contraindicated for music therapy, especially if they are in a more acute reactionary space. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. However, music, because so much of trauma cannot necessarily be treated just through your traditional talk therapy. I found that music therapy was extremely good for that population and because the group model is so based around support. So Mm -hmm. it almost seems like everything that people with trauma need in their recovery, such as positive healing relationships, self-soothing, mindfulness, support, like those are all, yeah. yeah, community. Those are all features of music therapy. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you said could take place in music therapy, what it could look like. One of the things that you said was lyric analysis. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious about that. When we were getting ready for this episode, I was texting Andy and saying, there's some songs that I want to talk about. And I don't know that I've ever done this before, a lyric analysis. So tell me, I have my song ready. Right. What's the process and what's the, the reasoning for it? Yeah. So lyric analysis and the other great thing about music therapy is that since most people like love music, 
it's like the perfect bridge to cross when you're trying to build rapport. It's like an instant rapport building. So, you know, in getting people to bring in a familiar song to the music therapy group before listening and sharing songs, people love to do that at the facility. It's here's a part of me. You're getting to know a part of me because like songs are, yeah, they represent little parts of ourselves that are very vulnerable. And so for lyric analysis, getting a chance to listen, look at a sheet of lyrics, asking people, did any lyrics stand out to you? Did you relate to any lyrics? And if one person says, yes, this lyric stood out to me, I related to it this way, another person has a chance to say, me too. And so then suddenly you have that bond, that connection there. And because it's the arts, the arts and music in general have a way of stepping around people's defenses like we, if people put up walls, especially people with trauma have these protective walls going up, like music can really comfortably and safely get around those walls and suddenly you have this connection. So I think lyric analysis does really well to provide that grounding and familiarity and, and then the power of metaphor, talking about what's going on in my life sometimes is easier because that cliche of cliche, but it's also true. Music where words fail, music speaks. Hmm. And of course, the great thing about lyric analysis is that it's music and words. So it's like this bridging of, it's the dialectic, it's the yeah. bridging of two. That makes sense. Because when I think, when I was thinking about songs that I wanted to talk about today, the songs that came to mind immediately were ones that I felt, I don't know, I felt like the songs are all very different. But the lyrics in them, I felt like, oh my God, I know exactly what that person is talking about. They're describing a moment in such a way that I can immediately feel what that person is feeling, whether I've been in that situation before or not. And that feels like this very personal link that you have to somebody that you've never met. And yeah, it's just, it's like this, I guess that goes back to the common humanity piece. Like I can feel you who I don't even know out there creating these songs we can share the same kind of like painful experience or the same kind of joyful experience. And I know that because you wrote these words. Yeah. And, and I didn't even know that I felt that way until you put it that way. And I didn't even know that I thought I was the only one who felt that way. And, yeah. and yet I'm so far from the only one that feels that way. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So should we talk about some of these songs? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so the first song that came to mind is by Death Cab for Cutie, What Sarah Said. Have you have you knew this song before? I actually hadn't heard this song until you suggested it. So I went back and listened to it. And what did you yeah, think? I thought it was great. I love Death Cab for Cutie. Their first two albums were are very near and dear to me. I When this album came out in 2005, I stopped following them as much. So I, that's why I really hadn't heard this song. But... I think this is a very classic Ben Gibbard tune where he, the classic Ben Gibbard approach of let me write almost a story that you could yes. read, like using almost like full sentences. It's poetry, but it also feels like it's ripped from like a, a diary or from a journal. Yes, definitely. Yeah. What did you, why did you pick it? I have a couple of times, I think the first couple times this album came out in 2005 so I graduated high school in 2005 so I'm going into college and I heard it in passing and then there was I, I don't I remember a night probably a couple years after this came out where 
I was in a car driving home from work and I had heard that a family member of mine was sick. And I don't know if I heard it immediately after that or again, but it was the pairing of that person being sick and being worried if they were going to be okay with hearing this song and the description that I was like, oh my God. And it was one of those things where I was like, has anyone listened? Anyone who's heard this, have you really listened to it? And so the very beginning, the lyrics are, and it came to me then that every plan is a tiny prayer to Father Time. And recently I had a episode on the show with Christina, who I met at a yoga retreat. She's my age, our age, and she's diagnosed with this rare form of cancer. And I follow her updates. And in one of her updates, she had that lyric. I'm just reminded that every plan is a tiny prayer to father time. And I immediately was like, oh, I feel that. I know, I don't know exactly what you're going through, but the fear and the preciousness of each moment that's captured in that, it just hits. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and then suddenly, boom, instant relation, instant connection mm-hmm. with her. And I, I love what you said about pinning a song to a particular experience you've had and a particular moment of time, especially a time that was like very highly emotional, like having a family member who's sick. And it's almost like then a, usually when a song shows up for you in that time, it's like you you hear what you need. It's right when you need to hear it, a song really arrives. And I think that's why I think lyric analysis is also interesting is because not only are people sharing a part of themselves, they're sharing experiences they had, and it's reminding them of times in their life. And there's all this association that people have with it. So a lot of times when I, when we talk about songs and lyric analysis in groups, it's not just let's analyze these lyrics. It's what does the song remind you of? What Where were you? Mean to you? Yeah. yeah. What, what does mm-hmm. it mean to you? Where were you when you first heard it? Does mm-hmm. it remind you of anyone? And so it's such like a, a way into somebody's psyche and see, for example, I never would have known that like the song means something to you. Maybe it could have been any song that really struck you in that moment that you needed to hear right. while you were going through that experience that you would have connected with. Yeah. But there's also like this, the art of being able to capture such a specific type of moment, the next Lyric is, as I stared at my shoes in the ICU that reeked of piss in 409. And I'm like, oh, that's exactly what hospitals are like. It smells like it smells bad. And then it smells like bleach and like cleaning supplies. And, and I rationed my breaths, as I said to myself that I've already taken too much today. I've already taken too many breaths. I need to save this. This is, and and, and the experience of sitting in a waiting room, because I've had that experience too. My grandmother passed away, like sitting in a waiting room just waiting. And one of the lyrics is there's no comfort in the waiting room, just nervous paces bracing for bad news. And I'm just like, oh my God, like it's incredibly, I don't know what the word is. I keep wanting to say it hits, but it's so precise. It's captured. Yeah. I can read this and hear this and just immediately picture everything that he is describing, like vending machines, year old magazines, and a place where we only say goodbye. No one's there for any good reason. No one's there to hear good news. Um, right. The best you can hope for is that maybe things aren't as bad as you thought that they would be. Yeah. And then I, I thought about this again during COVID when people were limited in their ability to be able to be with their family. I had a yeah. I had a client who was working in the hospitals at that time. And they told me these people have to die by themselves and I'm trying to be there for them. And I just cry and hold their hand and tell them it's okay. And thinking about 
when I realized what the meaning and the like story of the song was, I wanted to know more about it. Tried to do some research and say, who is Sarah? What, where did the inspiration from the story come from? I don't know that I ever really found that, but at the end of the song, he says that love is watching someone die. Who's going to watch you die? Like who's going to be there with you in those really hard moments at the end and how loving that is. And then to think about the trauma that happened in COVID and how many people miss that and the impact of that. Yeah. Hearing stories about nurses having to hold up iPads and iPhones is is so devastating. And Mm -hmm. as much as this is like describing a very awful ritual that we go through a very awful situation, it's, you have to go through that. This is sort of part of the grieving process is we have to be there in these environments and imagine not being able to be in this terrible waiting room with these vending machines and these magazines. It doesn't seem like a place you'd want to be at all. And yet during COVID, not being able to be there must have just been felt so gut-wrenching for people who were losing loved ones. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope that people, it'd be cool if T-Talk was on the level that I can get music licensing rights and play the song for you right now, but I cannot. So I hope everyone listens to it. Let's go to a song that I, another song I thought of for similar reasons, just you talked about mindfulness and the participate skill. And I think these songs did that for me. It was like, oh man, I, I know exactly what he's talking about. I know what that feels like. And weirdly, I'm picking all songs from high school. I just noticed that. It's also very <laughs> interesting because. Yeah. What is that music, saying? I'll, I'll say this, that music is often very commonly associated with our adolescence. It's our discovery of I, our identities. And oftentimes adolescents discover a little bit who they are through the music that they like. Mm-hmm. And when you see people who are in old age, have dementia or Alzheimer's, a lot of times the songs and music that they remember best are from their adolescence or their like very young adulthood. So they, they don't remember what, yeah, because it's that long-term memory uh, that gets built in and they may not remember, you know, people's names and they may not remember what the nurse's name is or exactly where they are, but they do re- probably could recite word for word a number of their favorite songs from when they were an adolescent. Hey, tea talkers Did you know that 60% of homebuyers reported that their mental health and close relationships were impacted during the home buying process? I'm not surprised. Purchasing a new home can feel incredibly stressful and overwhelming, especially in today's market. When going through the home buying process, you need a realtor that you know will have your back. That's where Jackie Walther of Square Deal Real Estate comes in. Jackie is a realtor that goes to bat for her clients and seems to know at least two of anybody that you could possibly need to help you alongside the process of buying your new home. And I say all of this from lived experience. Jackie sold me my current house. She has sold to my family, friends, staff, and even helped me to get into the first DBT of South Jersey location in Voorhees. So if you're in the South Jersey area, and looking for a new place or maybe getting ready to sell, you will not regret having Jackie on your side. You can find Jackie on her website at www.squaredeal.kw.com. Okay, so I've said this before and I'm here to say it again. As an entrepreneur, a mom, one of the best decisions that I've made for my mental health, honestly, was to hire a house cleaner. Parenting itself, let alone running businesses, forces you to value your time really above anything else. And that's where Amanda comes in. Amanda Sousa and her excellent team come and they work their magic in my home every few weeks. And I can't imagine going back to not having her. Not only do they professionally clean my family's home, 
with a toddler and two dogs, by the way, but they also leave the space feeling bright and refreshed. Plus, knowing Amanda is a part of my support team allows me to just relax and focus on the things that I want to prioritize, like my family and my businesses. If managing work, parenting, or really anything just feels overwhelming to you, don't wait. Hire support now. It's a step in the right direction, and I can personally recommend Amanda's team for excellent service and really reasonable rates. She offers deep cleaning as well, so even if you just want to get the house cleaned every now and then to help yourself out, I think that's a great place to start. So if you're in the South Jersey area, contact Amanda. You can find her at her website, apscleaning.services, for a free quote. You can also find her on Instagram at APS Cleaning Services. I promise it's a call that your future self will thank you for. That makes sense. And it's interesting because this time for me in high school, I was really, I guess I was figuring out who I was because I grew up until middle school. Yeah, that was around when I moved to New Jersey. High school, like all of this music was very new for me. And even getting ready for the episode, I was like, I'm going to put on a concert shirt. And then I went into my, I have a bin of really old t-shirts. I was like, I wonder which one's the oldest. And I just reached the bottom, pull this one out. This is Matchbook Romance. It's like a, I remember like, a like an emo, screamy band, right? Mm-hmm. Also high school time. And that none of that Death Cab for Cutie like no emo rock alternative. I was listening to none of that before I got to high school. And so this was, yeah, like I I was coming into this new part of myself and learning this about, oh, I like this music. And I started going to concerts a lot and that was all really new for me. And now that you say that, that's like such a core part of who I am is going to concerts, listening to music, all of that. Yeah. And if you had just, if you're like a new kid in town in high school, probably the music felt very grounding and very like supportive, like really helped with that transition, I bet. Yeah. And in high school, everybody, music was definitely a way of building community. I feel like I moved into a place where everyone knew each other for a really long time. Like they were going elementary school together and all of that. And so there were just like rituals that feel very grounded in South Jersey like everyone goes to the Dave Matthews concerts and I was like you guys go to these this is a thing and then I started going to them and so it it, it is it's interesting to look at it from that perspective because I hadn't thought about that but yeah yeah. and someone with a t-shirt well yeah real quick someone sees someone with a t-shirt oh my gosh I I know that band yeah that person could be my friend yeah Mm -hmm. exactly true it's like safety signaling let me listen to this with you yeah okay So the other song I picked was Hands Down by Dashboard Confessional. Again, high school Shailene. This was like classic. Just very emotional. Like a lot of a lot of emotions coming out. Yeah. Yeah. This is like a classic emo teenage love song. Yeah. And even still, when it comes on, I just feel the urge to scream all the lyrics. And I just feel so much joy when I sing it. It just makes me so happy. And I feel like it's because. That's what he's describing. The song is called Hands Down. The song's about, this is the best day of my life. And he's basically talking about, I think, his first kiss with this girl or something. And the lyrics that really pull me in, my hopes are so high that your kiss might kill me. So won't you kiss me so I die happy? And then the last part where he's just, again, yelling, the streets were wet, the gate was locked, I jumped in, I let you in. It's just so dramatic. And so I yeah. remember every single thing about that moment when we kissed. I remember the temperature yeah. and the car. I remember all of these things. And it's that's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And once again, like, 
the song, what Sarah said, where you can picture exactly what they're talking about. This reminds me of like after prom, like sneaking into a pool and like jumping the fence and like that sort of feeling, that sort of teenage feeling of we, we have this moment in time here and it's gone, it's fleeting, it's, but it feels so special while you have it. And also you don't know that it'll be gone pretty soon because you haven't lived for very long. But he does describe it as if, and when he sings this song live, he generally, it's generally last. And he generally says, this is a song about the best day of my life. And yeah. then he goes right into it. But the description, again, mindfulness is just really at the forefront. I'll always mm. remember the sound of the radio or the sound of the stereo, dim of the soft light, scent of your hair that you twirled in your fingers, the time on the clock. We realize it's so late in this walk right. we share together. It's, ah, you know yeah. exactly what he means. Like exactly. goes right back in time to that moment. And I love the sort of possible double meaning of the time on the clock when we realized it's so late and this walk that we shared together. It's, oh, is there time coming to an end? Is it one of those high school romances that is not meant to last as most aren't? And they're, they're, and that somehow makes it all the more emotional and quote unquote emo feelings increase a hundred percent. And yeah, I, this is a true emo anthem. I was talking to a friend of mine about it and he was like, that's a solid track. So good. It's so good. And there's a a line somewhere in the DBT skills book that says like emotions love themselves and emotions can be (laughs) self-validate. And I think that's the thing about emo music is like the emotion, you can feel validated by the song and it just perpetuates the emotion. Sometimes it's happy. Sometimes it's sad emotion. (laughs) Yeah. I love that idea. Emotions love themselves. I have one left. I didn't tell you about this one. I wanted to find, I wanted to find a rap song, a hip hop song. And I just, I listen to so much different stuff. I'm sure you do too. So it's hard to pick what are the songs that I want to talk about, but we were in a consultation team this week and we do this thing called autobiographies where somebody has to go each week, each team, and they have to talk about themselves for five minutes straight. And sometimes that gets overwhelming for people. And then the team jumps in and they're like, well, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite song? All of this stuff. And one of our interns, Shannon, she was sharing and somebody said, what kind of music do you listen to? And she said, I'm really into female rappers. And then I got really excited because I love female rappers. And again, what you're now that you have said a couple of things and taught me since I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Like I felt this connection to her from what she shared, even though I didn't really know her that well. So she said, I think somebody asked her, like, what's a song you listen to to really hype yourself up? And she said, it's hard to pick, but I'd probably pick Monster by Kanye West. There's a couple rappers on there. And Mm -hmm. immediately I'm like, oh my gosh, Shannon and I can be best friends. But Mm -hmm. I restrained myself from getting very excited because this was a professional setting. But my immediate urge was to, and it's funny because I was talking to Lisa B about this, who was also in the meeting. And when I talked about it, afterwards her and I had our mind on the same exact lyric which is when Nicki Minaj comes in and she says first things first I'm gonna eat your brains it's like really intense line and I'm like how would Andy analyze this (laughs) I, I and then that's also when you have to take cultural background into account and who Nicki Minaj is Mm -hmm. hip-hop and she's saying I'm a monster I'm gonna eat your brains yeah you could look at that literally and say, wow, she's, she wants to eat my brains. But That's terrifying. Obviously. <laughs> That's not it, it. It's a metaphor for saying, yeah, I'm badass. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to kill you and mm-hmm. slay you. But what that mm-hmm. means is I'm going to 
I'm going to prove my dominance a little yeah. bit. And sometimes that dominance is, is just a metaphor for self-empowerment. And, mm-hmm. but I, I think Nikki is someone who she doesn't try too hard to like part of her self-empowerment may also be a little bit, mm, a little dirty, right? Like a little bit imperfect, a little bit violent. There's yeah. like a, a battle element to some of her music and yeah you know, she's saying watch out I'm I'm gonna like I'm, I'm gonna destroy you. you yeah and it's funny because when I think about it in that sense even when Lisa and I were in everyone in the chats oh that is such a good song you feel like this almost energetic like you want to get up out of your seat yeah. like first yeah. things first I'll eat your brains and it's like this if anyone's watching the video of this, it's, you got your fist going and you just yeah. feel the intensity around that. And there's all these funny reels on Instagram of me going to my therapist job, blasting like gangster music. Oh yeah. And getting hype. some of those. Yeah. Getting hype for your day. <laughs> yeah. No, I, if only the, I saw a great reel of that too, where it's like a therapist is getting into their car and then suddenly you can hear like the music from outside of the car and it's just this like crazy death metal and yeah yeah, people don't realize that therapists were not just like sitting around listening to the magical flute of Yanni (laughs) or something like that yeah yeah along with me yeah exactly that verse too is as soon as you mentioned it it's iconic like she goes through all these different voices and these personas Mm -hmm. it's like an all-time rap verse and It's a great song, and that's by far the best part of it. Yeah, I love it. Let's talk a little bit before we wrap up. I want to know a little bit about what music are you listening to now? Ooh, what music am I listening to now? Oh, my gosh. I always, this is like a question that, oof, this is a tough one. Like, my mind goes blank, and I have (laughs) have a fight or flight response, or like a freeze (laughs) response, if you will. But since it's October and it's fall, been trying to, in the previous years, I try to get really into, like, witchy folk music around this time Mm -hmm. of year to give me a sort of spooky autumnal fall vibe Mm -hmm. and so recently I found this British guitarist from the the 1960s this might sound pretty obscure named John Renborn and I found that his music has this sort of like old British folk like pagan quality to it and sounds like fairies and sprites moving through the like moving through the woods and I just basically started a John Renborn radio on my Spotify. And I've just been like putting that on. Finding more music that's similar to it. Yeah, because I know this is the vibe I'm going for. And so I'll just let that play. And that's great, especially when if I'm cooking or cleaning or just like spending time around the house. And then in terms of, because I often find it, I can't really listen to a lot of music with lyrics. If I'm just, if I'm like spending time with like my wife or if I'm like, doing something that requires a little bit more focus like if the lyrics are on then it's like I have to really be fully in that so in terms of music with lyrics huh let's see what have I been listening to I don't know I have no idea that's okay I get it people ask me those questions too and I'm like there are too many options so I'm overwhelmed let's go to one of the questions this is easier make it concrete yeah that we had (laughs) talked about what's something that you like listening to like when you're either sad or angry are they different for both yeah they're different so sad I wrote these down before so sad is the first song that came to mind and it could be a million songs and I could have a different response each day another time yeah but today I'll go with the song nutshell by Alice in Chains and this is a song too, as music therapists, we're constantly 
almost always listening to music that the clients choose. Like that's another big part of it is that I could bring in, here's a song that I think would work well for this, but really it doesn't hold nearly as much power unless the client picks it. So this was a song I remember that an old client showed me once and I just thought it so perfectly revealed to me his inner life and his struggles, his pain, uh, sense of isolation. It meant, it was like, oh, boom, that's you. This is, now I know who you are. I know what it's like to be you just from this song. And it's a beautiful song. It's very sad. It's like one of the saddest songs I've probably ever heard. That's my Uh, What Sarah Said song. I'm like, this is the saddest song ever. Listen to it. And people are like, what? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And for me, and you sounds like you might be the same way. If I'm really sad, I do not want to hear. I don't want to hear Bob Marley or happy music at first. I want to really acknowledge the feelings of sadness. I want to match it with the music. And so this song does exactly that for me. However, at the same time, it has a Elaine, Lane Staley, the singer of Alice in Chains, who passed away many years ago, drug overdose, RIP. He had this incredible bluesy voice. So even if this is like a very sad song, just the sort of bluesy quality of his voice is- Like soothing and- So like soothing. Yeah, yeah. Regulating. Yeah, it, it takes a very sad- group of chords and a, and a very and a sound that's very solemn and it just imbues it with a lot of life so even if there is this mourning even if there's this despair happening he brings like a real like living feeling to it like he there's like catharsis in the way that his voice sounds and yeah I and there's that. almost a little bit of light a little bit of hope for that you could find something else there's a famous quote about the blues which is like when you play the blues you lose the blues or when you listen to it you lose the blues and i think that this song speaks perfectly to that what about what's a song that gets you like when you and that ride can happen in waves too we're sad i don't want to feel happy stuff i don't want to get pumped up i just need i need to hear something that's going to validate that but then you might ride the upswing right. and get to a place exactly. where you're like, all right, I need to shake this off. I need to get, oh, yeah. what's that song for you? So I love that you said that because the idea is listen to a sad song. Well, at least my advice I always gave was listen to a sad song, feel those feelings. And then, like you said, modulate your way up to where you want to be. And a song I picked for feeling happy or hype was Roll With It by Oasis which is the second song on what's the story morning glory oh, um, another high school banger album <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so this song is just once again it's the first song that came to mind for me it could be a different thing on each given day but today it's the song and it's just such a perfectly happy boppy jangly song like the guitars are just it's this perfect little british invasion sound where it sounds a lot like this band, The Stone Roses, who I also love, but it's just a really happy song. And the there's so much catharsis in it. And I think too, it reminds me a little bit of my dad who loves like British invasion music, loves the Beatles, the Rolling Stones and all these bands. And Oasis were definitely like a sort of descendant of those bands. And they're just saying, you got to roll with it. You got to take your time. You got to say what you say. Don't let it's anybody a, it's get a good in your way. Song. Yeah, it this is. is all, it, yeah, it's it actually speaks perfectly to that wave of, OK, yes. you felt the feelings and now yeah. you got to roll moving. with it. Yeah. yeah. 
And then the last lyric is they repeat like constantly and to all these like very enthusiastic drums. It's like this great refrains. I think I've got a feeling I lost inside. So it's almost like this idea of regaining some, and I'm even feeling chills now, just like describing it, which is another great musical phenomenon. So the idea of you know, regaining a feeling you once had that you thought you had lost and the sort of cycle of moving through emotions with music is, oh man, I'm, I feel happy again. Or I feel, I feel like I'm my, back to my old yeah, self. Yeah, it's back. Again. Yeah. And to be honest, I'm not even sure that's the actual correct lyric, but that's what it sounds like he's saying to me. So I've never really tried to uh, investigate it too much closer as a yeah. result. That's always interesting too, what you think you hear versus what the intention was. Oh yeah. And- and why you might gravitate to a song at one point in your life than another. Now that you, as you're talking about this, I just had a flash thinking about my son who's four. Mm-hmm. He went through a kick where his favorite song was Zombie from the Cranberries. It's like a, it's like a <laughs> just, serious song. I heard that at the gym the other day. I hear it all. Now I hear it all the time. Like I yeah. heard it. I was telling my husband, I was in Philly a week ago for an event and I was looking outside the hotel window. There was a, I think like a pride parade or something. And that song was playing. And he was like, like protest. And I was like, wow, like that's a deep song. And yeah. my four-year-old child will be in the back seat of my car, like in your head. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, this is intense. I don't know. Maybe I'm raising like a little advocate social justice person. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. But well, then he also like, then he yeah. also listens to like the bluey soundtrack and stuff which is also oh, yeah. good but like, bluey is great yeah. yeah that's the the dark and the light the dialectics right yes man um, there we go this was and- so cool i feel like i could keep talking and asking more questions sure. and all but i'm gonna let you go okay. and at, tell people where they can find out more about you especially if they're local to the philadelphia area and they want to potentially work with you how do they find you I work for, I work currently in an organization called Ellie Mental Health. It's based, there's a few different sites around the area, but I work at the Fort Washington PA one. So you can find us at, I don't know the exact website, but you can Google Ellie as in E-L-I-E as in short for elephant, Fort Washington. Yeah. If you want to talk more and, and you're curious, you want to just contact me, uh, you can email me at freedmanmusictherapy at gmail.com. That's F-R-E-D-M-A-N musictherapy at gmail.com and yeah i'd love to talk about music or whatever yeah cool thanks so much for coming on i hope everyone goes and listens to these songs and then tell us what you think about them if you know someone who you think wants to hear this episode send it their way always thank you for the follows and the reviews and take care of yourself i'll see you next time right that's today's episode everyone thanks so much for listening to tea talk i hope that your cup of tea is full today and that you were able to pull something out of this for yourself if you know someone that needs to hear this episode please send it their way and let me know what you're thinking by sending me a message on instagram i love hearing from you all and make sure to follow the podcast so that you never miss an episode and if you are loving what you're hearing please leave me a review and a rating it would mean so much All right, friends, take good care and I will see you next time.